Welcome to the TBN UK podcast. In this series, you can hear some of the interviews from TBN Meets, where faith meets culture. Hear from Christian ministries, innovators, authors, artists, and creators. Enjoy. Hi, TBN family, and welcome to TBN Meet UK Christian Music Special. Today, we're joined by Mark Bowater, Senior Manager of Marketing and Creative at Integrity Music, and Loretta Andrews, Music Manager and Artist Development Coach. Now, I'm really excited about today's episode. We'll be discussing the Christian music scene in the UK and what we think the potential for that is. Welcome, Mark and Loretta. Thank you. Thanks. So, first question to both of you, really: Where do you think the UK Christian music scene? if there should be a scene or, or however people view that. Where are we at right now? I think you should answer that first. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's incredibly exciting. It feels like at the pinnacle of uh, something that's about to take off. I feel like everybody has a great opportunity, if, if you're creative, if you're a songwriter, a musician, to get your stuff out there. And so these, it's a blank slate. There's no excuses. You can get your stuff out there. Mm. And so I feel like it's really an exciting, an exciting time. You manage artists. What, how are they feeling about the way things are for them? Again, really exciting. I think for myself, because I was a Christian artist back in the day, and I've seen things change so much. Then I've worked as a radio broadcaster, working with unsigned artists. And there was never a way for independent Christian artists to make a living or to have a career. And just like Mark said, I think it's an incredibly exciting time because there's kind of a level playing field. Yes, mm. there's a lot of competition, but the tools are out there for anybody to be an artist. And you're just seeing these tracks coming out of people's bedrooms. The quality is higher than I've heard it for years. And I just think that's so exciting that uh, boundaries are being broken down. Um, I think the thing, the advantage we've got in the UK is we don't have the categories that, for example, the US has that can sometimes hold artists back because we don't have an industry structure. So it means if you just make great music and the things you're talking about happen to be about your faith, you can still do that. And I think that's so exciting. And how is it in terms of how artists are learning to market themselves better? Because as you said, it's a crowded, any, if anyone can make it, anyone can make it. So in that sense, I could, if I so felt I had the talent, go and make a song today. And if you were talentless like me, how could you um, rise above the crowd in that sense and be able to market what you do effectively? Well, obviously, social media has changed everything. Yeah. Um, we started off with MySpace. Don't know if anyone remembers that. <laughs> no, I don't. I no. don't. I'm far too young. Yeah. <laughs> Just you. <laughs> but now with things like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you literally can be your own marketer. And the whole, uh, the only challenge I think that independent artists have these days is not the the talent. Um, they can make great tracks in their bedroom. It is just like you say, making sure with amongst all these artists, you can raise your head yeah, above. Exactly. And it's about doing that creatively. I think the great thing about independent artists and independent Christian artists is we're all very poor. We don't have any money. <laughs> but in the absence of finance, that's where creativity thrives because mm -hmm. you have to find a different way to do it. And I think that's where you can make a difference to stand out. And, and how does that work? Yeah. Sorry, and fundamentally, if it's, it has to be about if the song is great, great. Yeah. then you've got a, a chance. Mm. I mean, you could have all the marketing in the world. You can even have money behind you. But if the song isn't great, mm. it's not going to do anything. And so what we're observing is actually, yeah, there are these tools. And so there's opportunities to get your stuff out there. But the level of songs and songwriting is also 
getting upped, which is the exciting thing. And, and so the, the quality control that people are now having themselves mm. is much more astute than it maybe used to be. And what are your thoughts on, because I'm always interested, how far do we go on scene versus kind of we're singing about a Christian message, a very real God, a very real gospel. Is there conflict between those things? I saw a video the other day, a worship leader kind of saying there should be no like Christian music scene. But really, is that viable if people actually want to do this as kind of their full-time job? Should there be a balance struck? Is there a balance to be struck? In terms of mainstream and... No, in terms of the Christian music scene, like he was saying there shouldn't be a scene. Like it should just be authentic, you know, worship. But sure. what, what really, is that, is that possible? I think, I think, I feel like the, it's going to need an element of structure. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise things get really messy. Yeah. And it's more, the scene itself is more about the discoverability of a song. And I totally believe a song will find its audience. Yeah. And parameters of play, um, maybe genres, Christian and gospel, or um, pop alternative, they just help that discoverability process. If there was no, if it was just a, here's a song, let's mm -hmm. get it out there. I don't really, don't really want to be typecast as it being a Christian song or a pop song. I just want to get it out. It's, it's really hard to be discovered as a song. Mm. And so sometimes you need these rules that uh, um, just help that discoverability. Yeah. I think there's pros and cons, I think. Um, Back in the day when I was first started the unsigned radio show that I used to present, um, then I was very frustrated that UK Christian artists didn't have the structure that the US enjoyed. So you yeah. could get um, a label behind you. And even when I was in a band years ago, there were two <laughs> record labels mm. and those folded. But these days, I almost see that challenge as a positive because when you do go to the US, you have to fit into these pockets. You have to tick mm -hmm. these boxes. How, how many times have you said Jesus in the first chorus? All of those things for mm -hmm. it to be categorized. Whereas here, it comes back to what Mark said, just make great music and people love stories. And if your story is authentic and your faith is a part of your story, people will listen to that. And I feel like in the UK, we have a little bit more license these days, particularly um, like it or not, thanks to people like Stormzy and Chance the Rapper, <laughs> they've opened up so that people can talk about their faith. You might not agree with the rest of their lifestyle, <laughs> but it does, or the rest <laughs> of the lyrics. But they've put on the table that I, I can say Jesus, you know, blatantly. Yeah. There was a time when you'd like, you couldn't say that, that you'd be put in a certain category. And I think that's exciting. So the structure in terms of really financing and getting artists out there and them having the support, I wish we had more of that for UK artists who aren't just worship. Mm. I feel like the, the support is there now in the UK for worship artists, but not for somebody who wants to be a Christian artist that doesn't exist here. Mm. So where do they go? Where's the place for them? And I work with a lot of artists in that category. And I just say, just be a great artist and tell your story. Yeah. So in some ways we don't have the restraints, but there is a con in not having that structure and that machine behind you. Because how do people get to actually make money from being a Christian artist? Well, for me, I was going to, just to kind of flip the yeah. question on its head, going back to what Loretta was saying, what you're finding is artistry that it isn't straight down the line prayers and worship as a result they are having to step outside of the church yeah. to find their route to market. They're still connected in with the church, mm. but they, they're having to find opportunities outside. Yeah. And 
And so that's harder. And so for that, for that kind of artist, it is gigging, being on the road, it's mm. full on. From a worship leader or a worship songwriter point of view, you, there's a lot of events, even yeah. events like Big Church Day Out have gone more worship yeah. focused than the artistry yeah. side of things. And so it's, it's an interesting dynamic that's currently shifting. Mm. I was in a band in the, in the 90s, early 2000s. And there was a lot more of a scene. Yeah. yeah. As you were, were <laughs> well known. Don't yeah, because there it. used to be more concerts. So when I was younger than I am now, there was there were more Christian events, there was more music events. Now we tend to have shifted to uh, kind of a big church day out. David's, you know, there are events where you go, you sleep there, you, you know, it's a few days rather than just a Saturday night where you would go see a whole different range of lineup of people. What... Is it because actually Christian culture itself is not lending itself to supporting that? Or what is, why has there been that shift? I think there's a few reasons. I think um, it's more acceptable now for Christians to listen to non-Christian music. Yeah. So they might just go to a great concert that they enjoy. Um, whereas before there was, this concert is for you as young Christians, for yeah. teenagers, for example. Um, I think, um, if I'm really honest, worship is what makes the industry money at the moment. And that's something that all the family can join in on. A church can use the music. So there's money there. I would love to see Christians get behind Christian artists a bit more. We mm. say we want to have Christian artists who are speaking about Jesus, speaking about their faith, speaking about positive things. But it's really hard to get Christians to pay to come to a concert like that. Yeah. Yet they will go to a worship experience uh, as a family. And it is a bit of an interesting shift because, um, you know, you see some of these artists, like you say, who are more artists. They're doing the dancing and they've got the dancers. And then people say, well, that is not authentic. That is just like a show. What, how, how do we break that thing down that actually God's, God is in that as well? For that person, God is very much yeah. in that. I don't think it never used to be like that. No. I don't think it ever used to be like that, but it's because of the emphasis on the worship side the of things. The presence side of things. There used to be actually, in my opinion, there used to be a, a, a lack of understanding around worship. Yeah. And so it felt like churches and record labels put a lot of emphasis into almost teaching their audience about what it is to worship. Yeah. And we've kind of maybe lost what it is just to be creative. Yeah. yeah. I've had the privilege of doing... Um, an X Factor artist tour mm. as a bass player. And I knew that without that God, I didn't have that opportunity. And so I saw every show I did as my worship. Mm. It, I wasn't playing worship songs. Mm -hmm. but every show I did, I was playing pop songs, but I, that was my worship to God was because he'd given me this gifting. Yeah. And this is how I'm praising him back. Mm. That is the message that's kind of been lost in some of these creatives that we're working mm. with now, or they're not getting the platform. This is their worship mm. as much as they are not, it's not singing. not kind of standing still and just like they're looking, They're not yearning. singing 10,000 reasons, yeah. but they are sharing their story and it is their worship, it is their gifting yeah. that fundamentally came from God in the first place. I think we're meant to use our gifts without a doubt. And I think that there's, well, we'll have to be accountable if we don't use the things we're given. And if you're gifted with creativity and a voice, 
you should use that and to think that God can only use that if we're speaking directly about him. I think it's something I talk about a lot and you'll hear me say a lot today is I just think story is so powerful. It's how Jesus communicated mm. our own authentic story. And if he's a big part of our life, that will come through. I think people today, most of all, want to feel understood. They want to be able to tell their story, but also hear other stories and feel connected to that. And sometimes you need to talk about just what happens in life particularly yeah. the difficulties. And I think um, artists who aren't necessarily just doing worship have a unique opportunity to just talk about everyday life, which we all live and how God's worked in them through that, whether the uh, audience realizes directly or not, mm. they can't not be touched by the powerful authenticness mm. of someone's story. So where could the industry go for some of these artists? I think like we say, worship at the moment. and. I suppose the industry as well has trends. So like you say, before worship wasn't necessarily the trend. It was it was more the vocals, maybe vocal yeah. arrangements. Now it is more of a worship presence thing. Where do you think it will go next? Well, I think there's a I think there's a generation gener generation X. Yeah. That actually don't really care how, where their music comes from. Yeah. Their music consumption isn't based on genre. Mm. They just dig it or they don't. <laughs> yeah. And then that goes for how they worship and how they listen to music. And so I think we are a little bit behind over here. Mm -hmm. iTunes haven't really acknowledged Christian music. Uh, they gave it a good go. <laughs> Spotify are much better at it, I find. Spotify, <laughs> yeah. In, in terms of, yeah, I think they are. It's still quite American-centric. Yeah. And... As working for a record label, it's our, it's my role to try and engage with Spotify and Apple and Google and Amazon that there's great stuff coming out of the UK. Yeah. And I think that is my prayer that the wave will turn. We had we've back in the nineties there was a wave that definitely came from the UK UK mm. to America that inspired a generation of creatives and artists. Mm. My, and we've had the American wave for a long time now. <laughs> That's always coming our way. And my prayer is that we will, that wave will then begin mm -hmm. to kind of turn itself back around. Because we're, what we put out in the UK and the creativity is so well respected. Mm -hmm. Because it is, because of the, there's no boundary. Yeah. Because of what we've just talked about. Mm -hmm. Because people can, are free to share about their faith in different ways. So I see a few artists who I follow on Instagram and, you know, kind of going to America, going a lot to Nashville, going over there. Do you think that is going to be part of the UK, the explosion of music? Because I suppose in a sense, we're, a, we're an island. <laughs> There's only so many people. And has that got something to do with it? Because just the scale of numbers. So do UK artists kind of need to be able to break America, so to speak, to be able to go on to be successful? I think that will always be part of the aspirations for any artist just because it, it's so big there. But I think um, really to echo what, what Mark's just said, I think that UK artists are a lot, lot better at keeping their UK identity in terms of their music. I don't think they necessarily want to copy what's going on in America at the moment. Um, and because of that, what I would just love to see is to see a bit more of the support that artists experience over there, over here. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, to kind of answer your previous question as well, 
what I would love to see is to see that support for artists who aren't just worship artists. I'm a massive fan of worship, I absolutely love it. But I would love to see more support around. So what does that support actually look like? Um, finance, um, labels, getting behind them, mm -hmm. um, you know, having the basically the same sort of structure that um, a record label would be mm -hmm. able to, to give. Um, artists are doing it anyway. And how, what I think is going to happen is because that doesn't exist here, um, artists will just do it themselves. You know, mm -hmm. Governor B is a great example of that. How far he has brought himself and where we've come to as a team without that support is incredible. Mm -hmm. And if there isn't structure for somebody that is meant to do something, it will happen anyway. And then suddenly that will open the doorway mm -hmm. for many others. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I agree. I think... I think there's independent artistry are always mm. suspicious of labels. Mm. I've been in that ba in that band mm. that was suspicious of a label because <laughs> you think, oh, well, we want your money, but we don't want you to dictate creatively what we're going to do. So and there's do, always do labels that... dictate creatively. Do you think we never dictate creatively? Mm. No, because if we, if anybody's got to the stage where they've signed with us. We, we're already on the same page. Yeah. And we, it's their creativity is why we're mm. in a relationship. All we're doing is put, adding a magnifying glass to what they're doing or pouring, pouring petrol on the fire. Mm. That's the role of a marketeer, yeah. is to not stir something that isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd go and work for a, a, <laughs> a mainstream. mainstream label. Yeah. So like churches like Hillsong, like when you see what they've managed to achieve though in Madison Square Garden, like selling that venue out. Um, what do you think we can do here? What's our biggest aspiration in terms of that? Is it the worship events that we see or is it an one artist, uh, uh, whoever, let's take an example of whoever you've got, selling out the O2? Like, is that the aspiration? Is that something that we think could happen and we could see in the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I think things like Big Church Day Out that has an array of artists from big names um, to emerging artists. They always have a small stage where emerging artists do have a platform. It's, again, so that, for me, I would love other Christians to hear about those artists. Yeah. Um, because sometimes they don't know they're there. They don't know where to find. They know where to find the worship artist because they sing their songs on a, in church on a Sunday morning. But they don't know that there's... A Christian rap artist they can introduce their, their son to or their niece to a pop artist because they really love Ariana Grande and they want to give them a, a, an artist that's saying some positive lyrics or something like that. So we have to have a platform so that Christians can know they're there, but then Christians need to support them yeah. and get behind them for them to sustain it if they want to see these artists there. So yes, events um, that give a platform for those artists, radio stations, podcasts, things like that, that will just mm. make them discoverable again, yeah. like um, Mark was saying, but for the artist's perspective, all they can do is carry on being excellent, be persistent mm. and be consistent and get out there and gig as much as possible. Yeah, and I think, there's a generation that don't want to just have these mountaintop experience of an event yeah. once a year or twice a year where they get to see their favourite band. And so my, to answer your question, my hope and aspiration is actually to see regular events across the UK yeah. and not just in London or the South East. Yeah. All over the UK because there's pockets of stuff that is happening that is, we're mm. not aware of. And so my dream is is to be able to, at some point, shine a magnifying glass on that stuff 
Yeah. Who is who's who are the band that are in Grimsby or in Milton Keynes? And they've got this amazing thing. sound and yeah. you just don't even have never heard of them. And so that's my dream is just there's Christian music everywhere that it isn't just the praise and worship and it isn't just the performance stuff. It's just whatever people are wanting, wanting to do. Mm. And it's we need more promoters. Yeah. We need more pluggers. We need more venues. We need more radio and media getting behind it. And the way that's going to happen is maybe more Christian people in those places. Yeah. And working together, I think. I, I think there's pockets of people doing all of those things, but... I think, again, it comes back to that that need for some structure and connectivity. And there are more and more events that are bringing people together. And actually, Integrity is great at that, yeah. at inviting people in, because I think we all sense that something new is happening uh, in the UK with Christian music, which is exciting. And I think to maximise on that, we need to work together. There's no competition. This is all yeah. about working together. Mm. And it's all about kingdom, because I think we're so interested here, even at why we're talking about all of yeah. this, is because we're, we're like, OK, what is going on in the Christian UK music scene? How can we be part of supporting that? And also I know our audience would love to be, we had a lesson the other day and someone said, oh, I love to see those young people worshiping. Yeah. <laughs> and it really encourages them. And I think there is a sense of people wanting to walk alongside and join. But like even me, I haven't bought an album for the longest time. I've downloaded a couple and I mm. stream them daily, yeah. but I don't buy albums and then I don't probably go to lots of events. And so I guess it's like, how we have to create that thing almost yeah, for and, people to step into. And I see it as the record label job, because we have got some muscle, is to try and kick down the door yeah. so the independents can walk through it. Yeah. And so if we can kind of kick down a few doors at Spotify and Apple and the rest of them and just shine a light onto what is happening in the UK... And in mainland Europe, there's some great stuff going on. Yeah. There's some great events going on in Holland and Germany particularly. And so if we can kick down some doors and sometimes you need the finance and the muscle to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then the creativity can come through that. So we've got a couple of clips to show everyone. So first of all, we're going to show um, a clip from Loretta, one of your artists. So we'll have a look at that now. We interviewed Bianca Rose at Big Church Day Out. So tell us a little bit about her. She's just a wonderful storyteller. So I've been working with her in a management capacity for maybe two or three years. But we've been friends for many years. We actually originally met on the music scene when I was an artist myself. And I was just so impacted by how she's a very authentic artist. Uh, she's half Jamaican, half Nigerian. And I think... Wow, that's an interesting mix, being <laughs> my parents being Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> um, but her voice, um, I think many people would expect her to have one of these gospel out voices, but she's actually got quite a soft, folky type of voice. Yeah. And the combination of that and her, she has great stories about her grandma from Jamaica telling yeah. her stories. She just loves to um, speak about her own experiences, um, particularly a period she went through where she couldn't find God in it. Um, felt very fearful and overcoming that was her debut album. It was called No Fear Here and every song is like a prayer. And again, if you listen to her album, you might not hear her many times 
speaking overtly about Jesus, but the whole thing is about how Jesus met her in a certain place. And the song you've just heard there, she wrote with Jake Isaac and he produced that track as well. And that song was just all about being discovered, realizing you're not alone and that God is with you in your darkest moment. She just tells the story really well. I'm really excited about her. And so making videos, what does that look like? Because obviously, like we say, you know, is there the muscle and finance behind? Is it something that, you know, she has to kind of work and do or? Bianca's such, a pleasure to work with because she's so creative. She's one of these people who, you know, like can make things out of nothing. And as incredible as that video looked, we were literally in a tiny warehouse uh, where we had some incredible lighting. I was with a broom <laughs> with <laughs> a light hanging off it over her head. We had others of us holding bits of plant around her. So, you know, we had to get creative. We didn't have a huge budget, but we had to get creative to tell and the story. And the result looks amazing. like super creative and amazing. And, yeah. and so, and I think that just proves your point that, you know, it's kind of a level playing field. If you want to make something yeah. really, really good. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be that expensive. And we have one of your artists that you look after. So we're going to watch that video now. So Lou Fellingham, tell us a bit about... Yeah, so Lou was in a band called Fatfish a long time ago, but she's, an in, and she's just incredible. What you see is what you get with Lou. I know you, you've met her a few times. Great worship leader, great songwriter. And what I love about that video, actually, is a lot of those musicians and singers and the crew have all got mainstream experience. Yeah. And so they either do mainstream producing or playing or uh, videography. And it's what we've been talking about. I think the lines are blurred now. People are just really want to just get involved and be creative. And so working on a project like that, where you can just really just get everybody involved is really exciting. Lou's a great, great artist, worship leader, record mm -hmm. called Made For You, came out earlier in the year. So I think probably the sum total in like our last summing up is that actually it's not probably as people say, oh, what's going on, what's happening? There's lots happening. There's lots bubbling up. And I think it's going to be a matter of time where we begin to see that overflowing, really. And I think then it will be our responsibility as the church and as Christians to get behind the artists and support them, attend the shows, buy the music, not just say, oh, I wish we had more Christian music out there, but actually support it. What the is talent is there. Yeah. Before the problem was perhaps we didn't have the talent, the right standard. That is so not the issue this time. So it's exciting. And Mark, if people could pray for like, what should we pray into for this to, for us to see the fruit of this? I would, I, I think the prayer should be that blind eyes will see. Yeah. And whether that is at Apple Music and YouTube and mm. Spotify, or even just, even in, in church, <laughs> that actually it is, everything is worship. Mm. And it may not be corporate worship, but everything that uh, we're involved with is worship. And so if people, as soon as people see that and get it and capture a glimpse and smell how beautiful that, that is, mm. then it, it makes what we do, will be make it a lot easier. Amen. Thank you both so much for coming to been speaking to us today. At TBN UK, we want the gospel to be in as many homes in this country as possible. And you can partner with us in this mission by praying, sharing or giving. 
For more information, visit tbnuk.org slash partnership. And remember, you can watch us on TBN UK on Freeview 65 or Sky 582.